Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I'm Bartek. Hello, Bartek. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you're good, sometimes you're bad, but this time I'm on the good. You're on the good side? Yeah. You're on the good side of our show, mm-hmm. Unappreciated Masterpieces, a show in which we do audio commentary tracks for movies that seemingly don't deserve an audio commentary track? Yes, to such an extent that I don't even care how you're doing. Oh, wow, thank you. Because I don't care how I'm doing either, because I think we all know the answer. The answer is, I'm doing a podcast about a movie that deserves more love, more attention, and more appreciation. These are the types of movies that should have won Oscars, but didn't for some reason, and maybe we're going to explore those reasons, and we're going to delve into the artistry of whatever film we're covering, because at the end of the day, isn't every piece of film art? Yes, and also same. Ditto. Yeah. Um, Bartek, why have we got Spin Polish? Well, you came up with it and I liked it and I said, yeah. Oh, okay. That's the other reason. (laughs) Well, the reason why I liked it, Ryan, is because we coincidentally always happen to be spitting and we are both Polish. And also there's that saying to spit and polish something. Yeah. So like if you are on YouTube right now and you type in spit and polish, you'll get many videos about shoe shining. (laughs) (laughs) But if you select it like playlist, you'll probably find us soon. Maybe. Or shoe shining playlist. (laughs) So Bartek, we're going to be covering a movie on today's episode, but I don't know what that movie is, because I'm in the episode. I can't read the title of the episode. I'm in it. So you all have to tell me what the name of the movie is that we're covering. Is this your way of saying I'm not in the episode? Well, yeah, you're from the future. You're a time traveler who's come back in time to tell me every week what the movie is. I thought we weren't meant to reveal that. What? You can tell me. You're going to cut this out of the episode, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Oh, it's one of those things where you've time-travelled, mm-hmm. but you can't be recorded on any kind of audio thing because of time anomalies. Like, I can hear you, but if you put your voice in a microphone and record it, all you'll hear is just, like, wind... Oh, that's not sci-fi, that's vampires. <laughs> you know, there's a theory... There's this joke online where it's just like, you know, we'll never know if there's vampires in space. All of space could be vampires. How would we know? Because telescopes have mirrors in them. Is this a Jaden Smith quote? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So are we doing a movie with Jaden Smith? I have been waiting a long time to do a Jaden Smith movie. So is that what we're doing today? The Karate Kid is not this episode. Oh, dang it. What about After Earth? Are we doing After Earth? After Earth is not this episode. Uh, that's also, all also, the Jaded Smith movies I know. I think that one's too good, so we can't do it. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I haven't seen it. <laughs> Trust me. So, um, I haven't. I don't know any other Jaden Smith movies to list at you. I think there's Seven Pounds or whatever. I don't think he's in that. Oh, Pursuit of Happiness. Is that the one? Yeah. yeah. I got it confused with the other Will Smith trying to win an Oscar movie. So, go mm. on. What's What's the movie? The movie that we are doing in this episode is Miwash Naz... <laughs> Cut, Bartek, come on, do it again. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, director, I'll do it again. Jesus. Take two, and action. The movie that we are doing in this episode is Miwash Naz... Naz- Fucking hell, do you want me to say it? 
<laughs> I don't speak Polish, but evidently you don't either. I can. I've just never had to say this in conversation, so I have Just think about it like it's not conversation, man. <laughs> if, does that help? All right, you're being recast. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello, I am new Polish person. Bortek. Bortek. Jortek. Okay. <clears throat> the movie that Bartek could not pronounce is Miłosz na Zamówienie. What was it again? Miłosz na Zamówienie. Okay, Jortek, get out of here. Bring back Bartek to say it. Hello, I'm Dortek. Ah, uh, finally, he's going to open up the door way to <laughs> saying this correctly. <laughs> Fucking hell. I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but loving it. Loving it. Naza, Naza. Me watch Naza. <laughs> <laughs> Are we by any chance watching a Matthew McConaughey movie? Yes, we're watching <laughs> Me watch Naza Mouvienie. You got it. Me watch Naza. <laughs> okay, look. The joke is you speak Polish yes. and I don't, but yes. evidently that's failing this episode. I don't know, this is just tongue-twisting me, it's not even... <laughs> what does it translate into, man? It translates into love to order. Oh. As Uh-oh. in you can order love. Bartek, we're not watching love to order, are we? I don't know that movie. I, I did not prepare myself to watch that movie. Is that the movie we're watching? Love to Order. Who's in that? Is that Matthew McConaughey? Oh, I I, I should just recheck just to see if I. <laughs> oh, I said Miwash na Zababaya. What I meant to say was Miwash na Fuck this. It's it's failure to launch from 2006. Thank you, Bartek. <laughs> With Matthew McConaughey. With Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Bradley Cooper. Um, <laughs> and Zoe Deschanel. Oh, wow. It's a return to form for a lot of people mm. in this movie. I don't know if anyone else returns in this movie. Patton Oswalt. Um, so... Or anyone from Father Figures. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we don't want to spoil that. Bartek, yes? could you introduce the guest who's been sitting here laughing their ass <laughs> off about you not being able to be Polish? The guest is Miłosz na Zamówienie. <laughs> oh, I said it. Fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, the guest joining us today for the first time ever. We don't get that as much anymore with all the 120-something episodes we're in, no. is Nikita Gaze. Hello! You're Nikita. Yes. The deadliest of assassins. Yes, don't cross me. <laughs> don't cross her, man. So, hello, Nikki. How are you? I'm excellent. She's excellent. So, Nikki, we are going to be covering the film Failure to Launch. Are you excited? Yes, I am excited. She's she's smiling from ear to ear, Bartek. I think she's still got energy over your failure to pronounce Polish. Failure Failure to pronounce. Yeah. (laughs) Already failed, so. That's the name of the movie now. Failure to pronounce. (laughs) Now, if we were a show, like there's a other podcast show called Who Spiked the Puns, Mm. they should have an episode if they haven't already on this movie, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, called Failure to Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. That would be the perfect crossover episode. Uh, just, just trademarking that now. Um, so you guys at home have to have a copy of Failure to Launch from 2006, starring Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Uh, because we are going to be watching the film and doing an audio commentary track. I'm going to do a countdown. I'm going to go down and say play. And you're going to press play at the same time. And hopefully we'll be synced up as we watch the magnificent 
romance. I was going to say romedy. Romantic comedy. Romedy. It's like when Shaun of the Dead came out and there was this joke about how it was a romantic zombie pommy comedy. And it was all of those things, a rom zom com pom mm-hmm. um, So you guys have to have your copy because I'm going to do a countdown now. I'm going to go down from three. So get ready because I'm going to start now. Three, two, one, play. So we are two seconds in, three seconds in, four seconds in, five, six. No, that's the whole podcast, Nikki. Just me <laughs> counting down the entire movie as it gently plays for us in the background. Well, I'm entertained. I don't know how about you. I- I'm feeling great, Nikki. So, Bartek, this is brought to you via, via Paramount, uh, a Viacom company. Yeah. Almost via Viacom, in fact. Almost via Viacom. Bartek, could you tell us your history with the film Failure to Launch? Yes. <laughs> oh now oh i see yes okay nikki could you tell us your history with the film failure failure to launch did you have you seen this before uh are you a big lover of this movie did you see it in the cinema i did not see it in the cinema i saw it once and then kind of just like okay i've done that never again okay. and then here, lo and behold here we are today watching it again no oh, here's a question why did you watch it in the first place Ah, uh, probably because I was bored out of my mind. I had nothing else to watch. Are these the type of movies you love watching? Uh, I don't tend to watch a lot of rom com, but on what kind of movies do you watch? Um, None. drama because I'm a drama queen. If you, <laughs> she's wearing a shirt yep. that says "Drama Queen" and has Cruella Deville on it, which is quite interesting because we've covered 101 and 102 Dalmatians, so check those episodes out. But I've got to ask you though: Didn't you not find this film dramatic? <laughs> well, the second time round, it did have more of its dramatic elements, or I noticed it more. Who knows if I was paying attention the first time? I mean, this woman who is blonde, different to the main woman who's also blonde, she's in the TV show Vikings as the blonde lady in the TV show. So she's got a lot of versatile range. So you've seen this film before. Yes. And you blocked it out of your brain after seeing it because you were like, Matthew McConaughey is just too darn sexy for me. Is that the thought process here? Yeah, but once you've seen that, once Once you've seen... It's ingrained in your brain, basically. He's too sexy for you? Yeah. Barzak, I'd love to hear your history now about this film failure to launch because we've kind of heard it already on the previous episode, but not everyone listens to that episode, so... Mm -hmm. Give us your backstory on Failure to Launch. Yeah, I pretty much did give it in the uh, My Super Ex-Girlfriend episode, but to take out all of the relations to that, I basically watched this film on a flight 12 years ago, in 2006, the year this film came out. Um, Yeah, I saw it on a flight, and it's always just been in the back of my memory banks. Really? Yeah. What about it has stuck with you? I guess... Part of it is the experience of seeing um, the film on the flight because I wasn't too used to this almost like prototype Netflix kind of thing. Like ah. I'd been on flights before 
where the entertainment was like scheduled like oh at this time this will play and at that time that'll play mm. but this was i think one of the first flights i was on where i could actually pick what i wanted to watch from a selection of stuff oh okay so it was just like oh this sounds interesting i'll see this or this sounds interesting i'll watch this and this was one of the things i ended up watching on that flight so you were traveling to poland it was one of the flights either to or from poland because there were multiple poland was involved yeah was this film in english yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I've never had to travel international, so I'm like, if you're, say, you're coming from Poland, would they have all the movies in English? It's all original language stuff, yeah. Okay. You can choose your language on the plane anyway. Also, I don't... There you go. Maybe you should have chosen the Polish option so you can know what the title of the movie also, I'm pre- is. I'm pretty sure the flights that I've taken to and from the Polish airport specifically didn't have onboard entertainment. I've only been I've been on several planes uh, in my life, but, but domestic, only, right? domestic, yeah. and they do have these options. Like I don't know when you're gonna have enough time to watch a full movie when you only have an hour to ten minute flight. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's a good point. Um, really, on my domestic flights, I've never. I have, I have, and I remember for me the movie that was chosen was Nacho Libre, and oh I remember God. making that choice and regretting it forever. Because this was when you were, you remember, remember when you were young, and you thought, oh, that actor did a really good movie. His next movie will be also equally as great because it was School of Rock and then mm. Nacho Libre in my memory. And it was like, oh, School of Rock was really great. I love School of Rock. He's doing another one? Great. It must be also like School of Rock, which means good. But and the, there was capes involved. But <laughs> it was Nacho Libre, a movie that I absolutely despise, but maybe one day we'll cover on the show because I'm older now. And maybe I will appreciate some of the artistry involved mm. in the absolute loveliness of Nacho Libre. But my history with this movie, Failure to Launch, was hearing Bartok tell the story last week and being absolutely pumped and wanting to watch it. But then, get this, I watched it last night with my fiance, and she said she's seen this before. And that doesn't mean much, because it could be like mm. Nikki seen it once. And I'm like, okay. And then, no joke, they have this scene after this, where they're in the cafe or diner or whatever, having food. And my fiancé starts quoting this verbatim. Out of nowhere, she's just like, he's not afraid of love because, you know... He's not afraid of love because love is love. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I love love. <laughs> like... And she just started doing this throughout the whole entire movie. And she was annoyed by herself for knowing it still after, like, ten or so years from having watched it. Hmm. But she doesn't remember students' names that she teaches at a school that she works at. But she still remembers plot points and lines of dialogue from this movie. And I love that. because it was that, life-changing. Because that means this movie has some really memorable moments and quotable moments. And after having watched it, I'm going to be... I'm going to be like Bartek after that plane, you know, after that trip on the flight. Like, I'm going to be remembering some really vivid things from this that will stick with me. But I will, having been older than you are and not on a plane, I'll remember, oh, that was from Failure to Launch. I'll be like, remember when Zoe Deschanel had a B story that kind of took over the A story about her wanting to hunt her bird? 
Man, that crazy Zoe Deschanel. I should tweet her and be like, uh, get it tweet. You yeah, don't like I, these. <laughs> I only remember like little bits of the film, like mainly beginning and end stuff. So you remember Matthew McConaughey? I didn't. I wasn't really too aware of who he was at the time. So when I looked up the movie the other week, that's pretty much when I was like, oh, that was Matthew McConaughey as the lead guy. Do you remember any of the stars in it? from that time or was it just complete blank you were just like i, think, I remember i think images it, moving i think it was a complete blank i but you know what for a reason that'll become obvious i did think that i remembered the main character's name i thought it was jack okay because of the ending yeah but uh, i was wrong about that <laughs> <laughs> okay um, we've got to talk about the big elephant in the room, which is this film was originally going to be a film for Zach Braff and Amanda Peet, but they yeah. decided, no, we'll do the X instead of movie we've previously covered on the show before. Yeah, it's the latest one that I've listened to, in fact. Oh, that's great. Now, Nikki, do you have a breast tattoo from any holiday trips with your husband, Stephen Tobolowsky? No, I don't. Dang it. I'm going to put that on the list. Put it on the list, Bartek. That's on her list. Yeah. So here's the thing I've got to ask. Uh, With this particular film, it's a romantic comedy. Bartek, we've covered a lot of romantic comedies by now. We did Down With Love a few weeks ago, and we've done Mm -hmm. a few others. What is it about romantic comedies that work for us. Nikki, you said you weren't really into them as much, which is quite a surprise because it seems like they're marketed towards women and girls. <laughs> um, but are there any standout romantic comedies that you like? The main ones that come to mind are more like nostalgic ones that I remember watching as a kid that mm. have kind of ingrained in my brain like, like ironically with Matthew McConaughey, like The Wedding Planner. Okay, I've never heard J-Lo of that one. And... It was actually on last night. Oh, well, <laughs> J-Lo, up. huh? We've yeah. had J-Lo on the show before. Uh, <laughs> with Boy Next Door. Uh, so, you like the wedding planners, I mean. So, like, I think, you know, you watch them at certain times, like, because it doesn't, they intentionally don't go into too much depth, and I'm like, I want to, you know, experience these characters more fully. I'm like... So you need to be in the right kind of mood to watch a romantic comedy. That is true. You need to be in that kind of mood where you go, it's a lazy Sunday afternoon. Yeah. I've got a warm drink next to me and a pillow. And this is the type of mood I'm in for. Bartek, what about you? You're, you're, you're a guy. So mm. romantic comedies don't seem very marketed towards people like us. But are there any that do stand out? I feel like this is the third time within a few weeks I've been asked this question. I know. Because we did you can say 13 down with love. going on 30, down with love, now this. You can say 30 going on 30 and down with love if you really want. I mean, I like that. Look, I think my answer in those two episodes was basically I've always liked the genre, but then when I think back on it, I don't really realise that I haven't seen that many. Yeah. And I think my answer always is I really like Intolerable Cruelty, the one oh, with yeah. George Clooney and Catherine Zeta-Jones, and it's directed by the Coen brothers. I love that movie. I kind of want to cover it on the show, but I think it's like, I don't know, it's one of these weird ones where no one talks about it. It's got a semi-decent rating, but it is a masterfully done movie. It's such a conflicting Well, if no movie. one talks Very about it, that's unappreciated. We should do it. I yeah. mean, but it also introduced the world to Catherine Zeta-Jones being such a babe. Then I mean, that's a conversation now, topic. Yeah. Let's do it. We, I mean, but then again, so did uh, 
the other Katazir Judds we've done on the show with her and Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah laser fight. <laughs> la- la- uh, entrapment. <laughs> laser blast. <laughs> Lasers, woo. Um, I, I don't mind a good romantic uh, comedy. You know, I think it's a genre that has been a bit stagnant. I too don't mind when a movie's good. Uh, you know, but I think it's a genre that is tried and true. Like, it is, it, you know, it has its cliches and its tropes and its familiar settings and characters, but those things work for a reason. And this movie doesn't change the... change the It doesn't change the wheel. It's not trying to create anything new or different necessarily. Like, this isn't Down With Love, where we did Down With Love a few episodes back, and that movie was kind of like a deconstruction and a homage and a love letter to a certain era of romantic comedies. Yeah. This isn't that. This is genuinely just a romantic comedy from the mid-2000s starring Matthew McConaughey on the poster where he's leaning against something, and that something is Sarah Jessica Parker. But... I don't think we should um, knock it down any marks for just being what it is because sometimes I watch a movie and I really just appreciate it for just being what it is and just being that. Like, it's not trying to be this deconstruction of something else. That's why you enjoy it. You know, it's very true to, like, the type and the genre and sometimes you're in that kind of mood. It's just like... Exactly. Yep, I can appreciate this. And sometimes you just need a little little something to base your... uh, film that touches upon a certain genre around like this film here explores uh, themes that not all films do whereas this film here um not whereas sorry this film here looks at the idea of adults uh still staying at home with their parents yes that is the central crux of the story yes because for anyone who hasn't seen this film is not watching it along with us um our main character trip played by matthew mcconaughey is 35 and still living with his parents, and they want him out of there. Yeah, so that they can bang. For, ba- for bang-related purposes. Yeah. For banging-related. Being naked. Being naked. Thanks, Terry. Um, the ma- Yeah, the crux of it is, the story is, they want Matthew McConaughey out so that they can be happy and alive and alone and, like, beyond being a parent, just being mm. individuals. But they have a great idea. Why don't we hire Sarah Jessica Parker, whose job it is... um, Whose job it is... Her job is to seduce men and make them feel confident and move out of the house. But she doesn't move in with them. Hmm. I'm a bit foggy on that aspect. Like, yeah, how, like, how did the conclusion work? Or yeah, because she has these steps and the, and she says failure to launch in this scene here. I don't know if we've missed it, but like this title is dropped because failure to launch is them, you know, not leaving the nest kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and her job is to help these men who are often, you know, uh, losers, hopeless people. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what her like job title was. It was a uh... harpy. No. <laughs> no, no, no. It was. It was like it's. It's a word for not interfering. It's a uh, responding to an issue. I, I'll remember it later. I'm sure you will, man. Yeah. Um, and Matthew McConaughey, of course, is the character that breaks her cynical nature because she's very cynical and very kind of like business over ethics and feelings. Because it is very apparent within watching the movie what she's doing is is a terrible thing. Like what she mm. does, like the ends don't justify the means necessarily. Like 
But it seems like they kind of try and say it does because it's like Stephen Tobolowsky's son is married now. It's like great. Well, an, an interesting thing with that is that from what we understand of her backstory, all of those seem to have all worked out well. But um, Trippier is a special case where He's the it's, first. it's not working as well as it usually does. And she so, gets called out on that later on so too. If, I, I guess if there's something that you could you know, concede to the critics of this film. It is that we don't really get a good look at how a typical, uh, not day at work, but typical client uh, gets carried out. Well, we do kind of see it when Pat Oswalt comes into the picture for that one scene. Like, that's a close... As that's close the closest as could... we get, but... Now, Nikki, this movie introduces the idea that uh, Matthew McConaughey's life is free and easygoing and they have to introduce this woman to throw a spanner in the works, but they also introduce the concept of his parents having to throw spanners in the work by making him do chores and all of these oh, things. Oh, and Kevin Fivid not actually talk to their son. No. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Did you like the fact that this movie only dedicated one scene to his parents making him do things? Yeah. Which we just saw? That's going to work. I'm not going to make your breakfast this one time. And then the friends, one of which is played by Bradley Cooper, uh, <laughs> says, there's something wrong with your mum. <laughs> yeah, your mum's not making breakfast at all. Now, we've got to ask the question, do you live at home with your parents? Yes, I do. So is this true to form? Well, this person is 35. I'm still... In your 20s. A, yeah, and just up until recently, uni student. So I think the whole millennials thing is another conversation for another time. But, you know, I think it's the lifespan becoming longer. I think it's becoming a bit more prominent than back in the day. Back in the day of 2006. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Nikki, did your fiance die six years ago and now you stay at home because of that no oh, there you go give matthew a break he's a gre- yeah. he's a he's a widow technically yeah trauma <laughs> does some serious he has, damage he's a little well, hold on males are widowers i think widowers yeah oh thanks you got Bartek, it. the gender specialist Bartek, just the Bartek. that's it you don't have to say anymore <laughs> you just got Bartek. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I don't live with my parents. I'm the one out of the three who doesn't mm-hmm. here on the panel. I moved out as soon as high school ended. I moved to a different state even. Love you, mum and dad. I mean, they don't listen to the podcast, but love you. Um, Was it moving out or running away? Uh, <laughs> both, maybe. They don't know where I am. I'm not here now. They think you're still at home. They still think I'm there. I, I, that scarecrow really worked. <laughs> the pillow's under the bed. And... <laughs> the pillow's under the bed. That, um, he's keeping the crows out. He's keeping the crows out <laughs> of the bedroom. Um, so, Bartek, you still live at home. Mm-hmm. Um, is your life like Matthew McConaughey's? Your mum looks after you, cooks for you, cleans for you, makes pancakes for you. Well, I mean, there's, you know, stuff around the house. We both do things. I mean, my little brother's also at home. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he just finished high school, so, you yeah. know. He's going he's to stay, probably, right? I don't know your brother's plans. He recently got a part-time job, and he's thinking of going to uni next year. There you go. Mm-hmm. Honestly, most of the things Nikki just said apply to me as well. Also, just finished uni. Yeah. Got to get into work and stuff like that. Also, yeah. too, like, uh, like... 
traveling in stuff which like Kathy Bateson's like is the ideal life. My mum's like literally left for Thailand today. So wow. maybe home not, has not stopped her. <laughs> like Oh no, no, no. But is your mum married to Terry Bradshaw? No. <laughs> there you say. go. I will commend this movie on having Terry Bradshaw in it as the dad. Because yeah. he was one of our favourite characters in a previous film called Father Figures. And I do like in both this movie and Father Figures, they utilise the fact he was a famous football player. In one, he played himself. In this, he does not. But there's only one scene in this movie where they make a reference to him being a football player, which is he plays, he's like, he's going to teach the little black nephew how to play football mm-hmm. and he says a line of dialogue of like how he show him how to throw it in this special way and that was like a signature move that Terry Bradshaw was really good at mm-hmm. in football and I just sat there and I was like good job guys utilising your actors now if only Kathy Bates walked into Matthew McConaughey's bedroom with a sledgehammer and, uh, and a piece of wood to hobble him, then it would be utilizing her skills in misery. Um, Bartek looked at me like confused there, like, is Kathy Bates known for hobbling people? In misery, she is. That's like one of the greatest scenes in No, the no, I, I just like when you said she's known for her skills in misery. <laughs> she's known for her. She is. Oh, is there a her singing? Oh. <laughs> hey, she, she was alright in Hocus Pocus. Don't even know if that's her singing. Or what about Zoe Deschanel and her skills of having bangs? You know, there's a picture online. There's this thing online where people go, you know how, like, how can people not recognize someone when it's so obvious? Like, how could you not recognize that this person was the criminal in a criminal lineup if you saw them? Or, like, this thing It's like, how can you even say that? Here's a picture of Zoe Deschanel without bangs. And it's just like, she doesn't look anything like Zoe Deschanel. Like, when she doesn't have her bangs, her fringe, mm. she looks completely different. It's like a different woman standing there. Right. And it's one of those things that's like, we've only seen her with bangs. Probably. I haven't really noticed her. Yeah, I can't time. think of a time I haven't seen her at this Exactly. I think the closest is maybe the happening. She has her hair tied back a bit sometimes, but even then, we've had Zoe on the show before, haven't we? Your Highness. Your Highness. I don't think she had bangs in that. I don't know. Um, She did have magic powers in that, so there you go. But, guys... It wasn't so much banging in that one, it was fucking (laughs) (laughs) So, we have to talk about the horse in the room, Matthew McConaughey. Oscar-winning actor. You thought I was going to say Sarah, didn't you? How mean of you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she has a horse face, but, like, she knows it. But let's talk... How nice of you. She does, though. She's referenced it in films as well. Like, my favourite film well, is I'm first. just saying that you're nicer than Nikki because of what you said. Yeah, Nikki's terrible. Terrible. That's why her mum's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> she heard about Get Nikki's. away as fast as she possibly can. Get away! <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey... He's now an Oscar-winning actor. He's one of the most uh, respected actors now in Hollywood, one of the highest in demand. People want him to play Norman Osborn in a Spider-Man movie. He's a guy who's in, like, really artistic movies. What do we know him for, though? Do we know him for the McConaughey, or do we know him for the rom-com McConaughey? I mainly just know him from what I hear people say about him. That's about it. You haven't seen many movies with him? I'm not sure how many I have seen, actually. You haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club? 
That I know I haven't. I I don't. I definitely want to. Oh, it's pretty mm. good. It's one of those ones for me where it's a once only kind of movie. Like it, mm. since it is a true story, sometimes true story movies only have that. I only need to see that once. For me, that's a one time movie, but it's worth watching. Don't pirate it though. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know about that. The director of that movie will take you to court if you pirate uh, Dallas Buyers Club. It, it, Don't do that. The production, the production team of that film are practically like a still existing organization for that reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't no. do it, Nikki. Um, it's a it's concept I've never really thought of. Like, yeah, but it's like I guess, this, this is I a group Dallas... that should have only existed when the film was being made, but it still exists because of reasons that they're very strong about. Yeah, they are. Um, what about other ones of his? Yeah, you don't you don't have any Matthew McConaughey movies that jump to mind that you've seen? I mean, Wolf of Wall Street is one, where, but it's only like a very small role at the beginning. But it's iconic. Yeah, very iconic. It's so iconic that they use his noises for the ending credits of the movie of his... For no reason, might I add, <laughs> other than it was really cool. I could just see Martin Scorsese go, use that for the end credits. It's really cool. It's Matthew McConaughey doing shit. So you're a bit more vague on the McConaughey. You don't... You have only heard hearsay on him. Yes. Basically. He, I've heard him in the legends. What are the legends that you've heard? That he always says, all right, all right, all right. Despite it's four, all right. All right. It's four. Oh, that was four. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, so you know him for just saying, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, and right. that he's just apparently a really weird guy, but also really chill and stuff like that. Yeah. I've Yeah, I'd say weird, I guess, but I think what I've heard of, he's weird because he's super new agey and chill. That's, like, how he's weird. For me, that's what I've heard. Is like, that's what, how he's weird. Like, in this scene, I can genuinely see him being, like, after the scene's, like, cut, he's just like, oh, man, that dog looks so upset. And just, like, sits down and, like, looks Does into the sky. Oh, I've, I've also seen him in some Graham Norton clips. Oh, man, he's so great in interviews. He's just so excitable. Uh, what about Contagious. so you, Nikki? You've seen him in a lot of rom coms, so you're a rom com McConaughey. Oh uh, no, I have a few that I like of his from his rom com kind of days, but I much more appreciate what how do you pronounce it? McConaughey. <laughs> the McConaughey, because I think particularly, I think from like the Lincoln Lawyer and from that point on, yeah, that's kind of what I know him for. Because this is kind of like very, as you said, like similar. I think one of, of his best roles like, is True Detective. Man, oh, he's so good in True Detective, the TV show, which is just like an eight-hour movie. He's so fucking good at that. Like his character's a piece of shit in that, and he's great because I've always thought Matthew McConaughey was a piece of shit. Like, a cool guy in real yeah. life, but, like, his characters are a lot of time sleazy, hick pieces of shit. And this movie doesn't shy away from that idea that he's a piece of shit, because at the beginning of the movie, he's very Matthew McConaughey. Like, Nikki and I have experienced a lot more of the alright, alright yeah. McConaughey. Mm -hmm. Bartek, not so much, but when you started watching the movie, you've heard the legends. Did did his performance at the book, uh, for the first half of the movie kind of meet up to those legends of that uh, Matthew McConaughey? I, d I definitely saw bits and pieces of it there, yeah. 
he always does those surfer bro hand gestures, you know, the <laughs> calabunga or the yeah. fist thing and all of that. Oh, uh, like in like how lose a guy in ten days, like <laughs> classic fist bump. He's I, th- I think there was an article out there that took a retrospective look at this film and said, oh, you can kind of see his progression as a character and this similar to his career. Like he had a sort of strong start, referencing the fact that we learn later on, you know, he had a strong love interest. Yeah. Um. Then he had a dip. And then later on, it had a comeback, which is the Oscar win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so proud of him. There's often times where people talk about how some actors can never, uh, never um, break out of, break their, out of their, their, niche. their niche or their mold or ever be good. Mm. There's some actors that I defend, and I'm like, you know, and they and they haven't proven me right. But Matthew McConaughey is an example of like. People shitted on him for like 15 years or more for for doing these kind of movies and just being Matthew McConaughey and being like a loser, like kind of treating him like a loser. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think he's got a character. Uh, he's got strong charisma. He's got comedic timing. He's handsome. And he's just, he's Matthew McConaughey, man. And then he's proven himself over the years by doing these movies, choosing wiser movies. I'm not saying that this was an unwise choice because I appreciate this for being what it is, a romantic comedy. And a romantic comedy can be an unappreciated masterpiece because it's an unappreciated genre. It's a genre that's incredibly popular, but it's also that genre that's incredibly popular that people also seem to don't like admitting they like it. Mm. It's like, why? If you like it, like it, man. Like, just own up to it. It's not like this is an unhealthy movie. You don't have movie. to be ashamed. Nikki, don't be ashamed of, of the movie, okay? Rom-coms, like, oh. and like you appreciate it all for how difficult it would must be to like make to like keep it all the light and fluffy yeah and, especially like, when you introduce such dark aspects like nature attacking you and dead girlfriend from the past is there a Matthew McConaughey movie where he plays a where he gets haunted by the ghosts of girlfriend's past, or is that a different actor? Yeah, that's Matthew. McCoy. That's Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> that's the girl, the ghosts of girlfriend's past. Yeah. And when you say that's Matthew McConaughey, are you saying that's the type of thing that he would do, or is that he, his no, real he was life? In it. Oh no, that's <laughs> what he was in it. No, that's him in real life. He's haunted by all of his previous girlfriend's ghosts because I guess Fool's, he kills them all. Even in Fool's Gold, he gets beaten the shit out. Oh, of that's all. on our list, man. Like, Fool's Gold. I love Fool's Gold. Dreams, like. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey searching for gold. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing says yum yum like that kind of movie. So I had not seen this movie before. You guys had, even if in the ether of your memories. The year it came out. (laughs) I did not know really what to expect. Bartek kind of gave a brief little kind of what he kind of remembered about it last week. but I I gave a synopsis, which is pretty much just like the beginning, what you learned about it. Like, oh, guy who breaks up with girlfriends by taking them home and they find out he stays with his parents. But then I didn't realise what Sarah Jessica Parker's character adds to the flavour of that story. I didn't remember that it was a person whose job it was to fix people like that. Yeah, exactly. I just assumed, like, oh, it was just a special girl that changed everything. A special girl. A special girl. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Jessica Parker is the special girl. That would be a movie she would star in. Sarah Jessica Parker as the special girl. I'd watch that. I don't know, you keep saying, is, is this a joke? No, <laughs> I just think it was just very funny the way that you said she's the special girl. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just find it amusing. That, yeah, yeah, that's what she is, man. Like, you break it down to its basic elements. Even though she's a manipulative girl in this, she's the special one that breaks down his tough, gruff exterior and yeah. puts him in his place as a sweetheart. But he does that to her as well. Because he's, he's the special boy. He's the special she boy. If she, if she was the main character, he'd be the special boy. Yeah. He'd be the special boy. Um... This movie, I did not know what to expect. Like, I heard that synopsis from you, and mm. I went, oh, okay, so it's going to be a lot like, uh, like he's a Charlie Sheen-type character in which he's a real gigolo playboy, and he, you know, manipulates these women for sex, and then he gets them to come back to his house to then throw them off of him to not come back. But what I really got from this was... He's not so much that. He mm. he seems more like he gets into committed relationships with them. But on purpose, he doesn't tell them about yeah. his uh, living situation. I think maybe... And then uses that to dump them when women get too close to being in a relationship with him because he still has trauma from his true love situation that was in the past and that had died and that was very different to what i was expecting i thought he was going to be a more like a ryan reynolds type character charlie sheen type character where it's like i'm young i'm hot i've got my method down to get pussy and i'm gonna use this method and i thought his parents it kind of felt like his parents were in on the act at the beginning Mm. But kind of not. They kind of are. They kind of aren't. Like, I thought when Terry Bradshaw came in, I thought that was a bit on purpose. But as the kind of movie progresses, like, oh, no, not really. And I kind of stripped away my expectations that he was a sleazeball. He he just seems like a broken individual, like a genuinely mm. broken individual who has um, uh, relationship issues. Like, yeah. he doesn't I... like to commit, Nikki. Yeah, I definitely forgot a lot of things um, in the past 12 years. <laughs> had to focus on all this stupid shit instead of the important Fucking things. Fucking life, like, like, like high school and uni. And, I, I guess, yeah, I remember the fact that the film begins with like him having what seems to be a one-night stand. And I just assumed, like, oh, yeah, he just always has one-night stands or something. And I remember... And I do remember it happening that the parent walks in on him, but I, in my memory, I thought it was both parents, and I thought they were a lot more... <gasps> like overly sweet as I'm like, honey, how are you doing? Oh, is this your girlfriend? Do you want some pancake? Like, no. for some reason, I remembered it like that. And then when she leaves, they're like, all right, she's gone. So no, she's they do the up oh, here she goes three two like I like that timetable check check yeah. in check. my in my memory I, I did you move the umbrellas? <laughs> that's yep. that's a great thing because that comes yeah. back the umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, in my memory, I I thought that they d- were like put up to make their presence known a bit more but i guess in this film it's a bit more vague yeah i think it's a bit more like this they know this is what he does but they don't approve of it but they can't really do it's anything like they don't approve it. of it but they still like do their part that's how i remember yeah. i think they just are like oh, we still live here <laughs> yeah like like in in if if past me would have rewatched this right now he would have said like oh yeah terry bradshaw walking in on them that was a bit. Like, he was meant to do that to indicate, oh, I live with my parents. But I do love, you know, at first uh, I thought it was like, you know what you said a moment ago of, mm. uh, like, uh, one night stands or whatever. But at the beginning, the, the blonde haired lady's like, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And then I think it's time to go back to my place. So it kind of indicates that they've been dating for a while. Yeah. 
Which yeah, is they're like, still in the honeymoon phase, but it's like breaching that I'm gonna get serious on you. So, uh, but it's still, it was also like, oh, this is your first time coming to my place. Now, I find it um, interesting. You know, Nikki, you brought up the fact that you know we're millennials and we're in our twenties and stuff. Mm. So it's a little less weird if we live at home with our parents and all that. But he's thirty five, so it is it is weird. And also, this was two years before two thousand eight, so that's something to Sorry, also consider. Yeah. <laughs> Back then. Yes, that's that's also true. Different generation. Yes, yes, you have to... Ex- Global financial crisis. Yeah, you have to explain yeah. that for the people, because, yeah, that is a thing. But um, would, would you say, if you were in your 30s, you know, would you, as a woman, react the way they do if you found out the guy lives with his parents? You mine's could say yes. About, mine's all about the justification as to why. That's more my concern rather than if they, they live at home or not. Yeah. Um, I'm I surprised do know not a single... Of some, some, something year olds have been moved back in at home because that was the right decision at the time and yeah. then backed out again. So I think it's more the reason why. That's what I thought would be the case. I find it interesting that he's been doing this for, I imagine, years at this point. Hmm. That not a single woman has had that perspective. They're all just instantly like, I'm out of here. This is crazy. It's a deal breaker. No. It's a deal breaker. Like, even in Seinfeld, they would kind of roll with the punches and then afterwards be like, that was crazy. But in this universe, they're as like, As soon as like, nah, they find man. out, no, I have to get yeah. out of here. I'm not even dressed yet. But this, I'm this, like... this film's perspective, yeah, it, it's it's the craziest thing. Whereas, But then... Well, not but then. In, in real life, though, I, I was reading up some stuff that was in response to this, and, like, there are many cultures where living at home as an adult is just, like, super normal, and it's yeah. Yeah. actually probably less common that yeah. people do really need to have this idea that you have to move out. And it isn't... I think, I think it's also a bit funny. Now, uh, isn't it also more common in America as well, where they have, like, in cities like New York or whatever, where there's certain kind of, you know, cultural backgrounds, like, say, maybe, like, Italians mm. or, or other people, where they still live at home for Italians, a while? Italians, and it seems, I think, uh, Latino and Hispanics. Yeah. It's a very big thing. Yeah, that's a very big thing. But they live in America, and they still treat it like this is... Maybe because he's white. Is that it? Well, this film's definitely white. I mean, he's he's very orange, but like, <laughs> but in a natural way. Like Matthew McConaughey is just naturally a tan man. Yeah. Bradley Cooper is a Bradley Cooper is a beefcake. Though. Well, I rem- I think one thing also to keep in mind is that they do point out in this film, uh, specifically, I think Sarah Jessica Parker is the one that says it is that he pretty much has everything going for him, so it's a mystery, like, why is he still at home? And then they answer that mystery later on in the movie, and it's just such a, like, oh, uh, you know, his previous, his fiance in the past died and he moved back home, and it kind of makes you kind of, like, shitty about the parents, but then Terry Bradshaw gives a nice explanation as to why later on. Admittedly, that is undercut by him being naked throughout the whole sequence of explaining this, but it's kind of like, hey, it's Terry Bradshaw, let him be naked. It's a good touch for the film. I wouldn't have thought of doing that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Nikki, if you were writing this script, would you have included a scene in which uh, the dad was naked for a whole entire heartfelt scene? No, I w- that wouldn't have been my first thought. And that's why you don't if write you, Hollywood scripts. If you were exactly. in a room full of everyone that was involved with the creation process of this film... Oh, I'd want to be in the room with Terry. And, 
Yeah, sure, anyone. Everyone <laughs> who's in, involved in the creation process, and they say, all right, let's talk about the scene where Terry Bradshaw and Matthew McConaughey in character are, you know, discussing, like, hey, why didn't you ever say anything? What are some ideas that we could have? And everyone in the room says, they just talk to each other, but one person says, one of them should be naked. Would you <laughs> laugh at that person? I would, no, I would say only if the other person is completely okay with them being naked. You need those people that say the crazy things that no one says because they're the ones that'll think of something, what's that three-lettered word? N-E-W? New. Oh, yeah. And if you had a K in front of that, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Mm. But there wasn't, so you didn't. (laughs) the thing is i don't take the crazy ideas as crazy ideas i'm like that's a valid suggestion most of the time so look i think this movie um lives and dies by the fact of matthew mcconaughey being in it because that naked scene later with terry bradshaw it works because it's matthew mcconaughey reacting to it in a way that he would genuinely react which is just being cool with it if it was say i don't know matthew broderick he wouldn't be reacting that way. He'd be like, oh, dad, Jesus. Well, there's literally like, a scene in, um, what's a Christmas? Deck the Halls. Deck the Halls where Naked he, Danny DeVito. Yeah, in bed but, together. But that's also not his dad. <laughs> so, I know, but, you know, if it was his dad, he'd probably still be weird about it. Oh, it would be weirder because yeah, it's weirder. your dad. <laughs> Whereas this guy here, Matthew Conaghy, a very spiritual person, he just looks and says, that's where I came from. But it also makes sense that Terry Bradshaw's his dad. Who's also a really, you know, cool dude. So you're like, both of these characters and both of the actors playing them are perfect for that situation, which in another comedy movie could be played as a bit more like, oh my god, and he's blocking out with his hand the junk, or like, oh, like all that kind of stuff. But I was so, I found it so refreshing in a movie like this. That isn't afraid to go with the lowbrow kind of humour, like like having a naked conversation scene, but they're playing it like in a different way. It was just mm. so refreshing. And there, and you know what? There is actually something clever to it that I just thought of now. What? In some cultures, I think Japanese, there's this idea that um, when you are naked, that means that you've got nothing to hide. Mm. So, And that means you can speak freely. Yeah, you're ah. vulnerable. And that was you're the open, scene where yeah. they were having a heart-to-heart. Yeah, but then, you know, he didn't want to hug him. <laughs> he was like, there's a shake, Dad. <laughs> that was a nice little touch, though, against it. <laughs> so, um, Nikki, it's been quite some time since you've seen the movie until you had to watch it for this show. When you were re-watching it, did it just come back in waves, all the memories? Yeah, they kind of hit me and bombarded me all at once, but I think... Um, rewatching it, I found a new appreciation for it. Um, watching it the second time around, I think I enjoyed it a lot more and could appreciate it a lot. What were some of the, cause this is a comedy. We've, we've talked about, you know, some of the more serious elements of it. What are some of the comedic moments that stand out to you? Oh, gotta be all the nature <laughs> reacting. <laughs> nature attacking Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. That's got to be up there. So he gets attacked by three of them, right? Because we're all threes. Yeah. The chipmunk, uh, and a, a dolphin. choice in animals as well. And some sort of lizard. A lizard. A and vegetarian yeah. lizard. And it wasn't him, but his friend gets bit by the, the, the mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he performs CPR on it. 
Which is good because Martek has a card in his wallet that tells you how to do CPR, but I don't think you it shows you. I don't think it shows you how to do it on birds. I mean, they just <laughs> did this normal stuff, right? He checked for danger. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you know to do that? <laughs> Martek, what about you? Any uh, uh, standout comedic moments from this romantic comedy? Standout comedic moments. Um. I guess this second time around, even though it's been 12 years later, it was, it was all the emotional stuff that stuck out the most. But if I had to pick a comedic moment, I think the fact that I'm more aware of actors now than I was back then yeah. just gave this little extra novelty to it. Like, oh, Zoe Deschanel, she kind of does, like, weird things. Or Bradley Cooper, he he's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, little moments. Like, and, of course, Terry Bradshaw, which is, like, let's... Not kid ourselves, like part of the reason why I brought it up last week. And yeah, we're doing he's it he's now. the MVP of the show of this year. He's our most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, a comedic standout moment. It's small, but it's one of those things that I love in romantic comedies. A uh, uh, downward love did it times ten, but I love those sexual innuendo play things of Matthew McConaughey telling her how to do fingering of the trigger yeah. on the paintball. And oh, that was a good little moment. That was a fun little moment. I love those kind of little moments in uh, in these kind of movies when they're not too overtly gross. Like in a Will Ferrell comedy, I don't like those because they play them as like, it's gross yeah. out comedy, we're saying it, but we're also going to show it. But like in, in this type of movie, you have this scene here where, you know, they're talking about uh, later on, uh, Zoe Deschanel's talking to Sarah Jessica Parker about uh, sleeping with a client and he's holding the shells and he gets like excited and like <laughs> jizzes them out. Uh, you know, Rob Corddry, he's a comedic great. I think we've had him on the show a few times Probably. by now. I think he was in uh, Jobit Taylor, I'm pretty sure, as one of the homeless guys. I'm pretty sure he w- He's been in lots. He, yeah. he's, he's even in Warm Bodies, that weird zombie rom-com with Nicholas Holt, and he was like the fellow zombie guy. He's always great, and it was great to see him in this movie acting off Zoe Deschanel. He playing the straight man because usually he's known as the crazy guy. He's always that mean, angry, crazy guy, kind of like a Bill Murray type guy, you know, mm. the yeah. cynical asshole, but also a bit crazy. But in this, he's playing the straight man, which I quite like because Zoe Deschanel is playing more of the crazy one. I mean, look at her here; she's just she's Those she's crazy eyes. she's grabbing a gun off a guy in a store. Uh, I love that this is like typical America, hmm. where it's like this and is I a normal this is a normal grocery store, but it has this giant gun hunting section in it, in which so you can buy shotguns and shit. And it's just like that's so unsettling to me as an Australian, in which we don't have that in our supermarkets. Hmm. Also, there's that whole thing of like they brought up the amendments, and like in Australia, we don't really know like oh. little titles of laws, like oh, do you know this act? And it's like no, no, America, they're all about their amendments. You don't have the right to take my guns. It said we can bear arms, and then they have bear arms. Mm. Arms of bears. Not the animals, but husky, hairy gay men. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I said it. Uh, Yeah, I like that finger joke, the fingering joke. That was a standout moment for me. I just love that type of humor, and I think this movie didn't do it too much, which is what exactly you need. Like, this movie 
knows the comedy aspects it needs to play up and needs to relax on. Like, it does the rule of threes for the nature attacking him thing, and it spreads them out throughout the movie in a way in which, when the second one happens, you go, oh yeah, that's a thing that happens to him. And then by the third one, you're like, oh yeah, that's a thing that happens to him. Like, they leave it spaced out enough for it not to become overplayed, Mm -hmm. and for you to be just expecting animals to attack him. It's not that type of movie. It's not that kind of thing. They leave spacing out. They've got great comedic timing. Because in a romantic comedy movie, it, you know, sometimes you have comedy leaning heavier than the romance, or the romance leaning he- heavier than the comedy. At recent, we've had ones that have been fairly even, like Down With Love. I think both of the comedy aspects and the romance aspects were even. And in this movie, I think so too. Mm. Maybe a little bit more in the comedy for me. Just because the romance is a little bit more, um, not romantic per se, but a bit more dramatic. Yeah. Because it is like That's she's lying. That's just the nature of the storyline as well. Like, she's treating it as a business kind of thing. I think one of the moments that really encapsulate both the balance between the two, it was, we haven't gotten there yet, but at the end of the movie, just before she opens the cupboard with Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> all tied up so to the good. chair. Now, we got to yeah. highlight Pat Oswalt is in this scene. Yeah. Mm. We all know him, don't we, Nikki? Yes, of course. I mean, he's famous for his role in Starsky and Hutch as DJ at the disco. Right, Bartek? Yes, yes, I remember. That, and he was in that Ratatouille movie, which was weird. I love the fact that he was the voice of the rat in Ratatouille. Just because he loves it too, but it's so weird because he's that kind of comedian in which you go, why him as the voice? He's he's a bit of an edgy stand-up comedian, not too much, but like enough for you to go, why would you have him in a kids-friendly Disney movie? You know, but you know, man, I guess they can't, if Disney stands by their moral stance on people, they, they can't have him for another Ratatouille movie if they can't have James Gunn for another Guardians movie. Also, they kind of screwed themselves because the title already has the word two in the title, so what are they going to do, emphasize it? Yeah, Ratatouille, <laughs> another one. <laughs> Ratatouille, another one. <laughs> that would actually be... Another Tui. That's actually a great name for it. <laughs> That's one of my... Uh, my fiancé really loves that one, but it's not one of my favourite Pixar movies. I've only seen it in cinemas, ones. so it's been forever. I like the food critic. <laughs> I remember the food critic, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who voiced him. I want to say it was someone big like Christopher Plummer or Christopher Lee or one of the Christophers. Hmm. It probably isn't. It would be someone... Christopher the... Mintzplatz? <laughs> I would love it if he played that character in a younger scene. <laughs> like, he... he did have a flashback. For when he's a kid. And he did. Movie. He did. So, okay. This movie deals with a lot of uh, romantic ideas in romantic comedies. A lot of... We've talked about this on the show a lot, but uh, romantic comedies often, in Hollywood standards, deal with the issue of one of the people, or even both of the people, manipulating and lying to one another, and that forms the foundation of their relationship, and then at the end you have the dramatic reveal... And they separate, and then they come back, and they realize, despite all the flaws and the lies and the manipulation, they love each other for who they really are, even though technically they don't know who they really are, because they've been lying the whole time. What movie are you describing? Um, all romantic comedies, basically. This one, um, Downward Love, uh, you know. Yeah, name a third one, huh? 
The backup plan. The backup Name plan. Name a fourth one. Uh, the switch. Name a fifth one. <laughs> the wedding plan. <laughs> the wedding plan. Yeah, yeah, on and on it goes. Yeah. Bartex life. Uh, that's not a film yet, but I will make it one. I have to meet the girl first, right? Girl? <laughs> Bird. Mirror? <laughs> <laughs> I have a mirror at home, though. Yeah. So I've already met them. Near the toilet or something? <laughs> <laughs> In the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we have to break up first. So, uh, do you like that kind of thing in romantic comedies, Nikki? That, you know, the, the foundation of relationships and the drama is built upon people lying and manipulating one another for true love? I just kind of take it as one of the many aspects to, like, rom-com that doesn't necessarily simulate real life. Are you sure? Have you never built a foundation of lies as your relationship to another? Not to the extent of some of the wrong <laughs> Not to the extent of some of the wrong But, like, <sighs> that's the whole, like, you know, get me on a roll on the whole dating scene at the moment. Like, you know, <laughs> Guys, Nikki, lying and Nikki needs and a, Nikki needs a date. A, yeah, full podcast on this thing. <laughs> you know, rant we'll about We'll include this. the Tinder profile in the link below. <laughs> Now, ha- hold on, have just you been... pin- and her picture on Tinder is just uh, a hand-drawn image of Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> That's it. Don't know why, but just to get the boys interested, because no, all boys like Crash Bandicoot, okay? <laughs> a hand-drawn drawing of Crash Bandicoot biting you because you have to be bitten by an animal because it's, you know, comedy. Yeah, because oh, nature. Yeah. Because <laughs> nature. Nature has to oppose you. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's one of these things where it's like a movie of the genre, you know, I, I complained about in Diamond Love that oftentimes I don't like that, like the building up a foundation of lies. De- Diamond Love was a deconstruction of that. This is not, this is a genuine portrayal of that. But I think it at least offers a twist to the proceedings of the character realizes way beforehand what they've done is wrong. But you have these twists of... It's not just the couple that are terrible, but his parents are terrible people on a level because they're too afraid to just have a conversation with him. Instead, they think it's okay to hire someone to manipulate him. Uh, His friends are terrible people on a level. I mean, they get called out for it as well. You know, they use the truth of the situation to profit off of it for themselves. Uh, This character getting a relationship with Zoe Deschanel and... Bradley Cooper, you know, kind of is a less so uh, manipulator, but kind of is because he told her he wouldn't tell him, but then he does. And mm. then I love how he like does it, and then he like they have to be together. Yeah, exactly. He's he he ships them so hard, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, well, he knows how they go, so he has to make the breakup happen. Did you like how she got turned on by the fact that he he's called Ace because he had an undescended testicle until he was like 11 and then they started kissing. Isn't it great that that's what turns her on? Yeah. But he's the weird one, according to her. (laughs) (laughs) I love how their storyline ends with them now bird watching and she just slaps him a lot. Yeah. For saying things that are true. Not slapstick, so you know, you gotta slap. Now Bartek, you know a lot about CPR. Have you ever had to perform CPR on a bird? Nah, just some dummy. What do you mean? Well, he wasn't very smart. <laughs> I, no, I, thought you, I thought you were trying to say that this bird was a dummy, and I'm like, how dare you? It's a real bird. No, 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 no. I've, I've only done it on Can you see the anim- animatronic eye? No. And if it is a puppet, wouldn't it be great if it was a Jim Henson puppet? 
just as a Muppet. <laughs> He's doing it on a Muppet. That would be great. Look at Zoe Deschanel use those fingers. That's good, Zoe, because on a baby... Which his card in his wallet tells you, you do it with fingers, not your hands. Oh, yeah, I think it did say that. It does. You can check your wallet. <laughs> and then and then with with the full-grown adult, we don't know about the elderly, though, mm. you do it with the two hands. On a kid, you do it with one hand, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, there you go. We learn about CPR. If you want to learn more about CPR, listen to our episode on Land of the Lost. <laughs> we went full CPR on that. Yep, yeah, less than one year of age, head tilt is neutral, compression, one, three, chest depth, two fingers. Two fingies. Two fingies. So, did it? Did you like watching the the uh, nephew, Bartek? I, I often felt like he would be your favourite character while watching it. I wrote in my notes, I have a feeling Bartek's going to really like this nephew character, because you often like kid characters who have that adult kind of sensibility about them I find and I was like will he like this character uh, I liked him in the scene after he moves out and he's in that like crappy little area the boat yeah 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 and he's just telling him how it is mm. I like well I mean a part of that appeal there is that you know my nine-year-old buddy and I <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the greatest IMDb reviews we ever had uh, guys talk about his nine-year-old buddy and him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Our favorite characters in this movie, it was kind of hard because it's like Terry Bradshaw is just such a charismatic force, but he's not in the movie as much as you'd like him to be, which is mm. okay. you got to move up without Terry Bradshaw's father figures a little bit, this one a bit more. A bit more. I can't wait for the Terry Bradshaw biopic in which he plays his young self as well as old. <laughs> um... I don't know. This movie had a lot of characters in it. I kind of loved um, the f- the the friend that's dating Zoe Deschanel because mm, he's ace. yeah because he's supposed to be the loser, but then you get revealed he actually owns the house that he lives in. Yeah, and he's actually really really well off. And like Bradley Cooper's the loser out of them. If you really want to go about it, like he's a bum. Yeah, he's like a wanderer. <laughs> A wanderer, yeah, who got laid off. Um, what about you, Nikki? Any standout characters for you in this great piece of cinema? Oh, I know. It's so difficult. My automatic instincts either go to Kathy Bates or Bradley Cooper, just because, like... Because they're both hot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and just, like, the little pizzazz that they both bring to... They bring out in all the other characters, I think. Mm. Yeah, that scene where Kathy Bates was almost crying because Terry Bradshaw gets moody, apparently, really added some pizzazz. Or that she's scared to be alone with him. Yeah, for some reason. I guess that's, you know, in the sequel that we'll never get to see. Mm. If you had to make a sequel of this, what would be the title? Um... Renata Tui. <laughs> or like, you know, the treatment was called the squeakle. <laughs> I think it would be another failure. Failure. It's not even fa- our failure to lodge. It's failure to lodge. It would be failure to procreate. It's about them having trouble having kids. But everyone else they know is having kids, including like Pat Oswalt has a kid. And like, failure to erect. Failure. <laughs> failure to eject. <laughs> that's so bad you can take that in many bad directions who are these guys 
I just love like these random. two random were, people who are very poignant in this scene. Like, like they cut to them a lot. European or something. Were they? Yeah, they were like, "Let to love, lose love is greatest." It's like, what? Who are you? To I love them. Yeah, maybe they're the best. Characters. Maybe they're the yeah. best characters. It's kind of hard because you know you, you got them there. Maybe maybe one scene wonders. Though. Maybe there's a deleted scene where like they're really bummed that Ace couldn't hang out with them this time, so they got replacements. No, 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 no. Even better, even better. Um, they rock up there and they are playing against these uh, U- let's say Ukrainian guys just for fun. Um, and they have a third guy, and they're like, oh, sorry, guys, Ace is in here. And the other guy's like, don't worry, I will sit out. And he just is sitting there, and it's like you have a whole scene <laughs> dedicated to him just sitting there looking at the ground, disappointed that he couldn't join in. Or he'll sit like... Getting teary. <laughs> getting teary-eyed, because, you know, Eastern Europeans are known for being really emotional. Maybe yeah, maybe he could be sitting like the, the main guy from The Guest. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You're just, like, deactivated. <laughs> Um, yeah, this movie offers a lot of emotions, and this is the turning point. Bradley Cooper handles the scene in a very odd manner. Yeah, he's Gets very aggressive. <laughs> he's very upbeat about telling the, him this terrible information. Yeah, I was thinking he might he might be one of my favorites. Yeah, in this film. I mean, you really liked him in the A Team, and he's grown. A I don't remember much about now. the A Team, to be honest. What? How could you forget? That was one of the greatest movies we've ever watched. Out of all of them. It's been over a year. It had Shartlow Copley in it. As crazy, crazy man. It had had everyone in it. It I know, but it's just been over a year. It had Rampage in it. I know, and it had guy who had to have a urine test. You, had the ex- you watched the extended cut. How could you forget? Oh, I remember that. You didn't have Terry Bradshaw in it, though. No. Which is the ultimate... Tra- it would have been sad welcome. if we found out if we've had Terry Bradshaw in more movies, but we just never knew who you- he was Terry Bradshaw. It would be like, sad, but we plot looked up his... twi- Plot twist, like, oh, yeah, Terry Bradshaw was in Thunderpants. So imagine <laughs> that as his dad. <laughs> he was calling himself Patrick Smash for some reason. I don't know why. I can't control Sorry, me Bruce ass. Cook, I mean. I can't control me ass. <laughs> I was imagining him saying that, yeah. I can't control my ass. <laughs> Where's ter- Terry's in the room? What? It's <laughs> a spot odd impression. I I must admit. Uh, yeah, this I love this. This was my favorite scene. Because Bam can cook. Man can cook, but if anything, wouldn't you be surprised if Matthew McConaughey didn't know how to cook? I would. Yeah. Um. I loved this scene. This was the top scene for me. This is a scene yeah. I'd watch again with just like on YouTube, you know, they have individual scenes. I'd watch yeah. this because he handles this exactly the way I would handle this. Just being like set them up, but he does it in such yeah. a Matthew McConaughey way. Yeah. He did like love it. look at all of his hand gestures. I love acting and I love techniques actors use. Like look at how he, he just bangs his hand and he's doing all like these how he holds himself and he's laughing and he's putting his hand, he's just doing all of these things and swishing his little, little hand towel. Like he's just such a player in this scene for no reason other than Matthew McConaughey is such a player. He's just build up like the soft voice. I've always loved moments like this in movies where they, they reveal their hand. Like I know everything. And then just sit there and watch the chaos ensue. And he does that so well here. Like, this should be played at the Oscars when he gets nominated for something. It's not that movie, but they showed this clip. <laughs> it's like, just so you know, he did an Oscar-worthy speech in um, 
this film, just to remind you all. I'll like, lure you in the full sense of security and bang. Bam! That's my boy. And I like Terry Bradshaw does their banging hand thing too that shows like, it's little things like that where it just kind of shows their connections because mm-hmm. they don't look anything alike, the parents and Matthew McConaughey, but it's like their physicality and all of that. Like, Terry Bradshaw is very expressive with his hands as is Matthew and it's just so great. But I was like, what about you? This scene, was it, was it as uh, impactful for you? He definitely handled it in a way that, you know, the the 90% of people in the boardrooms I had described earlier would probably not think of. Mm. Definitely, I think that a lot of work went into structuring how this dip in their relationship was going to play out. But, Bartek, I think it's time for a trip to... Uh... Spread his wings. I love. I'm sorry. Is this why you said that he was doing the wing action? <laughs> You're right. Ninety percent of people wouldn't think of this. Do you think that a lot? Of, I think a lot of this comes just from McConaughey, just doing it. Just like I'm gonna do it like well, this. He's the one that has to execute it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Let but, him you know, do his thing. But you know, like... directors exist as well. Yeah, I know, like, I know. They might be like Matthew. Tone it down. He's like, all right, all right, all right. No. I'm gonna do it like this. Or he'll no, no, no. That's too typical. He'll say, "I'll tone it down to a negative degree, a double negative." Ah, and I love this. His idea of making the top bigger, like with an asshole. I was laughing so hard. Like his method was not move out, but make his space more livable. (laughs) <laughs> what a dick and then Sarah's like trying to be like please you gotta talk this out with me he's like oh I've got it all worked out don't worry <laughs> what a dick poor Terry Bradshaw looks absolutely stunned and confused he's like why is this happening and then ah oh, look there ah oh, this is so good all of their reactions he's shit eating grin <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile all the Spanish people watching the film are like this this is fine what, what are they freaking out about this is, just, uh, this is how it is this is our family this is our family man just make the top bigger just make the top bigger man <laughs> <laughs> just do it we love you and they, uh, I love that his little fist pump thing that's such a reconnaissance move that in there. he uses that move all the time oh look it's raining a lot on the front of his car <laughs> But look, the umbrella things comes back because at the beginning, Nikki, the parents like, we got to move those umbrella things. And they did to the point in which she doesn't have an umbrella. She has to use her coat. Isn't that neat? Mm. And then, like, she does, like, trip over the umbrella stand at some point in the movie Yeah. It's like it keeps coming back. This this small touch. Now, did you guys expect swearing in this? Because I was shocked. Like, I know in a PG movie they allowed one F-bomb, but I was surprised that he used it. Still. Yeah, I mean, He bit. does use an F-bomb, doesn't he? Get the fuck out of my car. And it's so earned. It's yeah, I, so yeah. earned. Yeah, I, I completely didn't realise that this was PG-13, so when he said it, it... I guess it did jar me in the sense of, like, ooh, he, he's serious, but it didn't jar me in the sense of, like, ooh, the film went to the F-bomb. Mm. It was, it just, was a bit it just of both felt so me. natural. Yeah, yeah, it was so natural, but for me, it was like, oh, that has, this is the, ooh, like, it, it was, like, one of those times where swearing really emphasised how serious it was, mm. but also, for me, it was like, oh, they've never done this in the movie before. Like, you know, sometimes in movies, I do think, ah, this is a universe where people don't swear, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this is a universe where people... Um, this is the utopia. This is the, yeah, this is this world. Mm. But this is one where it's like Matthew McConaughey gets to say fuck and he says fuck great. Like his voice. Yeah. I'd listen to audiobooks of his voice just being like, all right, motherfuckers, 
It's me, McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd listen to that every day of my life. So here's Bartek's favorite scene. <laughs> I mean, of the kid. Okay, I have to ask, unless I've missed it somewhere. Yes, the can is almost as big as the kid's head. <laughs> no, like, this kid is his... Like, nephew. His nephew. But, yeah. like, if, like, he, the kid's mum was his, his fiance. fiance. why isn't he taking care of the kid? Because the kid's being taken by, care by the grandparents. Okay, where did I miss that? Because um, it's been bugging me. I think he says it in this line of dialogue okay. here somewhere. I, I swear the kid talks about like his grandparents um, looking after him. I'm pretty I think sure there's a line says where something he like his carers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's his grandparents. Um, I think it's also too that maybe Matthew McConaughey wouldn't be like fit to fit to do that when you've gone through that trauma yeah exactly you know but he still sees him he still is important to his life he still hangs out with him and does all this uh, stuff. well they clearly not... had a bond a from bond back when his mum was alive but yeah. here's the thing too it's... how old's that kid mm. would you say he's missing two of his front teeth yeah, but he looks How still like did... eleven. Eleven? Okay. How 11? long ago did they mention his mum? No, that's six. what I'm gonna. Six years ago. Six years. So he's at least six or seven. Yeah, more than. But how old would you well, say? Uh, okay, so six years ago, he. If we're going with what I said about, um, they would have had a bond back then. He'd have to be old enough to, you know, be able to socialize with him. So six. Mm. If we're saying he's 11 now, that means that he would have been, like, 5 back then. I, I could see him remembering yeah. from being 5. I was saying the kid looks about 10, yeah, maybe 10, 11. 11 to me. But it was just something I was thinking about. I'm like, how old is this kid? Because, you know, I don't know. But it was, like, six years ago the mum died and he still keeps in contact. And, like, you know, that's... It's kind of interesting, you know? Just that story, I'd watch a movie about that. His relationship with Lisa. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something big that it was significant in his life that we only get in I guess not really retrospect but just in retrospective words yeah, it is foreshadowed yeah. earlier in the movie too by the mum trying to tell her like oh he's had some rough breaks so you gotta be careful and you're like oh okay whatever like, yeah everyone says she's, that you think, like, you think he, she's talking about how he dumps women or whatever but like no man death and you think nature would give him a break, right? Like, the guy's a widower. <laughs> give him a break. He's but, already been through enough. But nature's like, I want to laugh at you while you fall down the cliff. Which was one of my favourite little jokes. The lizard laughs. Yeah. And I also love that the lizard is clearly like a puppet. But that's one of the jokes I like. I love that kind of stuff it when a movie goofy, yeah. allows itself to be very obvious of it being an artifice. Yeah, and, and, and this is the third time that Trip gets bitten by an animal, and you know it's it's just it's played the same way as the other ones. It's just like a random animal bites him, and it's funny. Is what I'd say if I was a dumb normal viewer of this film that didn't like it. Yeah, okay, go on. I think that it was genius that the third animal was as Ma- uh, not Matthew Broderick, uh, oh, as Br- Bradley Cooper. Oh, Bradley Cooper points out later on, literally in a few seconds, I think. Um, that it was a vegetarian yeah, animal. gold, right there. So what does it mean that a vegetarian animal has bitten this flesh man? It means he's hungry. It means that there is something going on with his nature versus mother nature. Look, I'm not saying Bradley Cooper's character 
is secretly the brother of Owen Wilson's character <laughs> in Father Figures, in which he talks about the universe, and this one talks about nature <laughs> a lot. But there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. They're both wandering kind of guys, gigolos, but kind of settling down at the same time. Zen. Zen, that's it. Zenny boy. Um, I like the thing, too, of... His finger, you actually see it bleeding profusely after it's been bitten. Before, you never saw any of his physical injuries with, like, results. But in that, it kind of shows you, like, no, things are serious now. Like, before, the other injuries were played a bit more comedically. As was this one, too, but a little less so. Because you actually do see the physical result of injury of blood coming out of his finger. And he's getting to that dawning realization of what Bradley Cooper's saying about nature rejecting him. It's a it's a shift in the tides of, of the world of this film. It's upping the ante and... And particularly because he's falling off a cliff while this is happening. like Exactly. Now, Nikki, don't you wish you could wake up to Bradley Cooper clicking over your face? Doesn't everyone. You big Brad Cooper fan? I'm appreciating him a lot more as his career's gone on and, like, like I agree. the development. Because, um, like, Matthew, he's grown so much as an actor. Yeah. But he started out real strong with Dazed and Confused and yeah. all of that. But, like, Bradley, he's just been a working actor for so long. Yeah. A-Team, you know, that was, you know, one of his bigger movies when he started, when, like, f- for him. But then mm-hmm. I got introduced to him in the uh, the Hangover movies. I'd yeah. never, I had never seen him before, never recognized him as, like, as that guy. But in the Hangover movies, I'm like, hey, yeah, he's the main guy in the Hangover movies. He's, like, yeah. the leader mm. and of them. And then like, Silver Linings Playbook as well. And- yeah. Stuff like that. What was that one with Christian Bale? Hus- American Hustle? American Hustle yeah. um, and American Sniper. Which Both I've seen on planes, in fact. <laughs> oh, wow. And this one, too. Yeah. So you've seen three Bradley Cooper movies on planes. Yeah. And those are the ones you just remember. Yeah. I'm sure if you go through his whole entire filmography, you're like, shit, guys, I've seen all of them. <laughs> Every plane ride Bartek's taken has secretly had a Bradley Cooper movie subliminally, sh- subliminally shot into his brain. People invite me to see his films in cinemas. I'm like, guys, I can't. I have to see him on planes. Bradley Cooper's like, hey, man, I hear you're a big fan. You want to come on the red carpet to my newest premiere of my movie? Nah, man, I'm going to see it on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to wait for it to be on planes, yeah. I have to wait for it to be on the plane, man. Soz. Soz. And he was like, he said soz, so I yeah. guess I have to hold him to that to that sorry word. So the movie I don't know. It takes an interesting turn from this point in which it's one of these things in which Matthew McConaughey is still resistant to the idea of forgiveness. And so are we, I feel. But the movie itself is saying, nah, dude. Forgiveness is what you should have for this woman and for your family and for your friends. For me, personally, I didn't buy it until, like, the end of the movie. Or like, oh, okay. like, But the, you know what I mean? Like, you know how kind of a movie kind of frames things and pushes you to take perspectives and you may yeah. be re- resistant to that? Yeah. That's what this movie had going on. But, like, that's on purpose. But we'll talk about that a bit more because we're in the scene of the naked room. Yes, one of which... our favourites, I think we can all agree. Uh, okay, here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought, oh, he's going to walk into his room and you hear music playing, like sexy music too. Yeah. And you yeah. got the new decor and I thought, oh, 
Terry Bradshaw's naked. And I went, oh, okay. He must have caught him having sex with the mum, like a parallel to the beginning of the movie where Terry Bradshaw walked in without knocking. Mm. I thought, oh, it's going to be like that. He's going to walk in on them. And they'll be like, what are you doing? Don't you knock? And it's like a parallel. Like it's yeah, a callback. Either the, walking in on them or walking in on him having just walked away from it. It's like, oh, son, you know what I just did? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, in fact, it's completely the opposite of that. It's Terry Bradshaw's always wanted a naked room because I guess that's something we've always known about his character. But how brave of them to have, like, a, a man like Terry just naked in this... And you know what? It is a comedic scene, but it's not played too much for laughs. Like, it eventually mm. goes beyond that uh, beyond that hill of laughs and just becomes a serious scene, and you just accept it. Like, you said about, you know, Japanese culture and all that kind of stuff earlier, but it's like, you know, nakedness is, you know... Being nothing a, to hide, yeah. Nothing to hide, and Terry's got nothing to hide, man. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is smiling at him. You know, they could have played this out for a real gross-out comedy, you know? Like, Matthew McConaughey's sitting down and the dad kind of walks a bit too close on the bullshit. The closest I get is he wants a hug at the end. And really, that's not that gross, considering. Mm. Anyway, like, or they could do it like Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey strips off for no reason. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, there's this new movie that came out, like, a year or two ago called Chips. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen uh, that one. Why? <laughs> and they have their whole thing of like dudes just hugging and you have a shot of their junk just like squishing and it's like why yeah <laughs> you laughed that's great I was expecting you that's all that's all um, it's a great movie <laughs> according to Nikki Nikki gives chips five stars <laughs> yep yep I she loves Michael it. Pena <laughs> and Dax Shepard two of her have starred in movies we've done on the show Weren't they a duo like... in Old Dogs? Um, I wasn't there for that movie, but yeah, I think was so. It? I think they were like literally the two like repairmen or something. I believe you. Was it Michael Pena? I would hope but so. Dad Shepard definitely was one of them. So Kathy Bates is in this. What a great actress! Don't we love her? Yes, I love her. She's such a versatile actress, man. Yeah, gotta yeah. appreciate that skill. She does so many different types of characters. She plays, like, sweethearts and mums and grandmas or cold-blooded serial-killing psychopaths or, like, crazy people. I just love her range. And in this movie, like, you know, you could look down at her being like, why is an Oscar-winning actress in a rom-com like this? And and I say, why not, man? It's, it's stretching her versatility. It's a paycheck as well. But also, maybe it's fun. Some actors like to do yeah. random movies for fun. Hmm. And, and why not? Because they can. And that's why Matthew McConaughey did all of these movies, because he just is a guy who loves having fun, man. And then now he's moved on to, you know what would be fun? Showing those motherfuckers I can win Oscars. <laughs> What, what am I going to do today? Spite the funnest activity. <laughs> but we have to talk about her. Sarah Jessica Parker, we haven't talked much about her, her in actually. the movie. Oh, yeah, we haven't, yeah. We've danced around her face. Yep. I think it was intervention specialist was her role. Oh, you got okay. it. I think <laughs> you got so. It. Okay. Um, do we know much of Sarah Jessica Parker, the actress and the woman? Seen many of her things? Oh, I... I don't know that I've necessarily seen a lot of her, but I know, like, stuff about her. Like, yeah, she, people make fun of her looks. Um, she's married to Matthew Broderick. She's known, I think, primarily for Sex in the City. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah, just... Nikki? 
Yeah, I've seen a few of the other things she's done, like, you know, the, the what is it, the f- funny one, or that's the funny ones, or the, sm- um, the family stone, and like, okay. uh, how does she do it? And I'm just like, I wasn't that entertained by her. I'm just like, I can't really connect with her a lot of the time in films. Yeah. I try to, I want to, I just like... You know a big Sex and the City fan? Oh, now I cringe and I'm like, just <laughs> really. Oh, uh, I think at one point I was, but now I'm just like, I can't even stand it. Just like, oh man. Okay, so I'm the I'm the SJP fan of the room here. But I did mm. like Hocus Pocus. I love her and Hocus Pocus. That, it's that the one is movie the exception. where she's fucking hot in that movie, man. She's yeah. banging, and she's also really funny in that movie. That she's- song. Is ingrained in my brain a lot of the time. There's a movie too. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but there's an early movie for her where she plays love interest to Steve Martin in a comedy movie. Uh, it kind of launched her career in acting and film, at least. Mm-hmm. I'll, I've watched a good portion of Sex and the City. I'm not a Sex and the City expert. I haven't seen the movies. I don't remember all the characters' names or anything, but my parents watched it quite a lot because they thought it was really funny, and I've seen it, and I think it's funny, and... Her character is the least interesting character out of the four of them, but she's still yeah. a funny character and has some interesting yeah. I, interesting things. And uh, the show may be dated now, but I've watched one or two episodes in the last couple of months and I, I found them very funny still. Like, there's an episode in which they, which they go to the gay bar uh, and, oh, and, yeah. and and she she gets... Um, a lot of a lot of the gay guys are attracted to her. She finds that very very confusing, and it's because she has masculine features. <laughs> um, I liked her in Ed Wood. I think a lot of people skip Ed over Wood. her role in Ed Wood as yeah, his first it. wife. Mm, okay. And she's really underappreciated in that movie. And I love her in Mars Attacks as well. She does some. She did some great stuff with Tim Burton, and I think Tim Burton should Maybe I'm bring her. I'm missing all her good ones. Tim Burton should bring her back because I think also those roles in both Mars Attacks and uh, uh, Ed Wood also highlighted that she's aware that she's not conventionally attractive like she like in ed wood she's at the beginning reading a review and she's like do i really have the face of a horse and that's kind of like ah see they're self-aware they get it she gets Hmm. it she's not out of touch i can't speak for the woman herself but the 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 actress that is presented um, you know, and Mars Attacks, she plays like the... I love Mars Attacks. She plays the, the news reporter, the like the kind of new... Not news reporter, but like a fashion stylist, uh, TV host that falls in love with Pierce Brosnan, but she's married to um, Michael J. Fox. And she has like the little ugly chihuahua in her bag, but she's got that 60s aesthetic going on. She's great. She's got like her and Pierce Brosnan's heads are severed off of their bodies and they're just like kept alive in an alien spaceship. And it's just so great. They have a great kiss where their heads fall off and they roll on the floor and they kiss each other. Their heads embrace and their heads is shaped like a heart. And it's just such a weird image. And I wish Tim Burton would bring her back into his movies because she did some weird choices in those movies. Like, those are weird choices to, to choose for your acting career to do those movies. But I thought it was great. And I loved her in Ed Wood. I think that's a really undervalued role for an undervalued character of mm. the suffering wife of an eccentric transvestite weirdo. She has that great speech in which she's like... 
you're all crazy. You're all nutjobs. You're all yeah. psychos. I rewatched that film a few months ago with my stepbrother, and it she's was really good. And she's also hot in that movie too. She's got like platinum blonde, and it's in black and white too. So ah oh, man, she's great. That and Bill Murray's great in that movie too. But like. I really liked her in this movie, you know? I thought she was really great. I think she... A lot of people were criticizing her in some of the reviews I was reading, saying, like, oh, she's clearly too old to be playing this role or something. Which is mean. Well, I don't think yeah. so. Isn't she, like, the same age as him? I think they were like, oh, she's 41, he's, like, 37 or something. Like, that's oh, a big difference. What a dick thing to say. You know, if they may... I don't know if this has happened, but if she ever needs a star as someone's daughter, wouldn't she be great as Barbara Streisand's daughter? Yeah, I reckon. Oh, yeah, I can say that. Like, instead of Seth Rogen as the son, you have her as the daughter in the guilt trip. Well, he can be the brother. He can be the bro. And they just never talked about her because she's too busy doing sex in the city. Like, she's herself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I really enjoyed her, though. I thought she, she had to play the straight man in this. Because McConaughey... He gets to have a bit more uh, range to play. Like he gets to be a bit more comedic, a bit more, ch- a bit more dramatically like oh wounded. Well, she had to play it a bit more as the straight woman who realizes what she's done is wrong, which can be you know a thankless role to have. Yeah. But I think she carries it off with enough grace and charm. Mm. You know, I genuinely believe that they fall in love. And that's what a romantic comedy has to achieve. I definitely yeah. think that she's. I don't know about learnt the error of her ways. It sounds a bit too deep, but she understands. Like as soon as she, she learns about, like, yeah, as soon as she learns about Lisa, like she's immediately like, oh god, I have to stop. Lisa. <laughs> yeah, as soon as she learned about Lisa, she realized, that, and even a bit before that, she was learning a bit before that. But that was a mm. real tip. That was a real pushing her off the cliff thing where yeah. she it, it realized... definitely wasn't like a sudden character shift it was, no it was, it was a gradual. building up arc it was very gradual it was a character arc and she performed it very very well i i think a lot of people give her unnecessary mm-hmm. flack and i think it's because she's like you said an uh, an older actress who isn't a play who isn't afraid to play these roles which are usually given to young actresses which is mm. The Hollywood standard for fe- for females is just ugh, a nightmare. And she isn't as conventionally attractive as people would like her to be. She's got, you know, a horse face. Yeah, but, like, that's not her fault, man. Like, that's just what she has, you know? And she's, that's just her. She's, she's still cast in these roles in which she's the love interest, even though she's not necessarily your conventional attractive lady like your Scarlett Johansson or your Blake Lively or whatever. She's I find it it's good, man. I think it's it's great that she can still be confident enough to do these roles without having to fall to the pressures of what the audience says. Because the audience can be wrong, man. Mm. And they can be harsh. <laughs> they can be harsh and wrong. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a dicky thing. It's a dicky thing, and I think it's kind of cool of her that she just still does these things. She still pushes forward and doesn't really... Like Keeping Up with the Morgan... Oh, that's on the list, man. Her and Hugh Grant running away from... Yeah, like, appreciate her in that as well. She's a good comedic actress. If you really look at her filmography and her list of things, she's done some really, like, interestingly challenging roles. Like, people often forget now how risque Sex and the City was yeah, when it first came time. out. 
you know, it was discussing and doing things that were really, really shocking and uh, against the conventions, especially for female characters. Yeah. Female characters are open about how much they like sex is still confronting. And to be a mostly female cast back then. Yeah, exactly. It's... I think a lot of people don't give her the credit she deserves, and this is one of the roles that deserve more credit, because I think she uh, she plays what could be a thankless role, but adds some nobility to it, and adds mm. uh, an extra layer of depth to the performance. And, you know, her chemistry with Matthew McConaughey is really good, and that is something that they both add. It's not just, oh, he adds that, or... She adds it. They both add it together. Yeah. And but but Ryan, there's something thing. you're forgetting. What? She's 41. Oh, well, then she's fucking... What? Boo! Why? Then he should be dating Kathy Bates at that rate, then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, we appreciate that they've put the cameras on the big screen at this random coffee. Haven't you had that happen to you? <laughs> of course. Like, when yeah, you got yeah, tied yeah. up by your friends, <laughs> meaning us, to be locked into... Our basement. <laughs> well, our friend's basement. Well, we're the friend. Mm. We did this to her. It's your basement, Bartek, okay? I don't have a basement. We don't know that. My dad's house in Poland has a basement. How many? <laughs> just one, just one. Just one? Has there a toilet in there? No. It's near the his bottom floor His dad in Poland has so many toilets in his house. Really? So many. Was it like three or four? Uh, three toilets, one urinal? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a Tell lot a of places to relieve yourself. Mm. I find it interesting, too. You know in movies, product placement exists? Mm. I often yeah. try to shy away from mentioning product placements in movies because I just don't find that interesting to mention because movies have to have financial support to be made. Product yeah. placement yeah. is one. But I find it interesting in this movie, They in this sequence, they openly show that the parents are using a Dell laptop, but his friends are using an Apple Laptop, which are both competing against one another, but they aren't afraid to just show those. Because, like, you know what? I appreciate that because it just shows that the world is real. Because sometimes you watch a movie like the Amazing Spider-Man movies and all they have is Sony products. Mm. And it's like only Sony exists in this world. Sony and Bing. Sony and Bing. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's in the second one they actually upgrade him from Bing to something else, but it's not Google. Honestly, I've only seen the first one. I don't even remember the Bing thing. I just hear everyone talk about it. Oh, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah. You have to see the second one. Yeah, I do. The second one's so good to the point in which Jamie Foxx's character of Electro, when he becomes Electro, the electricity fuses his teeth back together. Like, he has the gap between his two front teeth. It fuses them together. Hmm. Well, it's because, amazing. It's because magnets, you know. There's also a Nazi scientist in it that plays Wagner while he tortures people for no reason. He's not a main character. He's in one scene. Okay. And he's a Nazi who's like 30 years old. We'll do it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, where Paul Giamatti plays the rhino. I have heard that. Dude, he said he did it because he's always wanted to play a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Russian. His Russian is this. It is I, Paul Giamatti. Wow, that's his Russian. <laughs> it's even lesser. Oh, look, a callback. You know, a payoff to, you know, Jive Ho. They they mentioned that earlier, and they she do. forgot about it. Yeah. And he got winded, but guess what, Nikki? Nature returns. The chipmunk swims up to him. <laughs> I would have really loved it Back if it was the chipmunk day. riding the lizard. <laughs> Um, dolphins, man. Have you met a dolphin before? 
Yes, I have. Have they ever bit you? No. Did, they love me. Did they? <laughs> Nikki's love story is her and a dolphin. <laughs> yeah. It's called Flipper. <laughs> exactly. You would so I'm the be, real Flipper. You would so be Elijah Wood's character in Flipper. And we yeah, and I would be <laughs> the bad guy played by Mike Man, and you, Bartek, would definitely be Paul Hogan. Who's Gene Siskel? <laughs> yeah, the silky power. Um, that's what he said about Flipper. He was like, the review of Gene Siskel was like, yeah, this movie didn't highlight dolphins and their silky power. Like, what? <laughs> so, um, Nikki, dolphins, right? They didn't bite you, though. No. Then they did. They really love you, then. Yeah. Because they didn't bite you, but then later they on they came back and came. Aggressive. I know the Simpsons had a whole episode in which <laughs> dolphins made us go back to live in the sea. Do you remember that? Not <laughs> oh, all. Oh man, that's a great episode. That's one of my favorite it. lines of all time, which is Lenny in the at night doing Jaws. He's at night drinking. He's like, ah, alcohol and nighttime swimming—a winning combination. It's one of my favorite Simpsons lines. I often quote it. This is for no reason. It's not even like I do those things. It's just I quote it. So, Nikki, the film has ended, but it's not over yet because we get to see that the lovebirds are looking at birds of love. And their love is alive between them. You can see their passion. I've always wanted to wear those kind of hats. You know, little safari hats. Yeah, safari hats. Mm. Because you don't see them as much nowadays. Yeah, right? Because white imperialism's over. But I'm kidding because somewhere... In South America, there's a... Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper and the waitress from the bar. Who's talked to tied up men before. It's okay, though, because Bradley Cooper's got a monkey on his shoulder. Sounds like a euphemism of some sort. Yeah, he's got a monkey on his shoulder. Listen, there's a monkey I have to get off my shoulder. It's called alcoholism. (laughs) No, it's literal. Get off. And then, Simon. often at times, have you, you know, have you ever wondered when your parents have had sex when you've moved out, they sing, hit the road, Bartek, no more, no more, no more, no more, or hit the road, Nikki, no more, no more, no more. And no that's more. when, that's when I get Bartek'd. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've often wondered that too about my parents, and this movie answers that question. The answer is yes, your parents Ryan, do that. Could you please stop showing off your knowledge? Non-divorced privilege on us. <laughs> Soz. Oh, you said Soz. So it's okay. It's yeah, okay. that makes everything better. No, that, 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 man. You moving out, like, it, it transcends divorce. That's what happens. They're like, no matter what, all divorced parents, all of them, they hear that Bartek's moved out, and they're like, no more, no more, no more, no more, need the road, Bartek. And then all of them, even people who are dead, they just never meet up. From their graves. <laughs> From their graves. Even if one's in hell and one's in heaven, they just whoosh, they're like magnets. Bartex, open the magnets. No more, no more, no more. It's like they can't control themselves. So the movie has unfortunately ended. We've reached the conclusion, the climax, and the resolve of the film, which made us all happy, I think. We all became better people, right? Yes. Yes? Nikki's learned life. Why am I nodding? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was like, Bartek, you get an answer? Yeah. Um, let's give our rating, uh, reviews and ratings. I'll go first because I'm very talkative. 
Wait, no, I have a better idea. You go first. Oh, okay. Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this movie. I've given a lot of uh, thoughts about it during it, but uh, just to give a final wrap-up of it, I think that this movie really is an uh, uh, undeserved, unappreciated movie because... It is what it is. It is a romantic comedy through and through, and it does follow through the familiar, but it does it in a way that is also refreshing and unique and challenging. And it isn't afraid to put its characters under the microscope and really examine them and say, hey, is what you're doing wrong? And hey, are are you justified in this? And maybe you're not. And it's not afraid to punish the characters and make them go through an arc, a journey of voyage, you know, to follow the nautical theme mm-hmm. of the movie. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is, he's McConaughey-ing the shit out of this movie, but that's the design of the movie, because by the end of the movie, he's mellowed out, they've, they've stripped away that layer of alright, 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 and they've stripped it away, and he's more of a human being than a caricature, and that's by design. Sarah Jessica Parker undeservedly has been critiqued for her acting, and this is, I guess, one of those roles where people just roll their eyes and go, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker playing a woman who thinks that she's hot, but she's not, and I think that's unfair. You know, this movie had Terry Bradshaw in it, and he was naked. Need I say more? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Huh? He had a naked room, which would have been really interesting as a movie on its own. Him. I have a clothed room, but it's not as good as a it's naked room. It's not as room. good as a naked room. Um, If I have to give a rating, which I do, I would have to give it a... You know, there's a lot of things that are in this movie, man, but I have mm. to give it a, a, an acceptance of nature... Out of being bitten by a lizard. Yeah, that works, that works. Bartek, let's hear from you. I thought that Miłosz na Zamówienie was a great film. What was? Miłosz na Zamówienie. You're getting it now. Yeah. This film was one that I've revisited after a dozen years. Literal dozen years. Shows how old he is. I can't necessarily say that it can be something that held up because I really don't remember the first experience all that well, but it's one that I'm really happy that I revisited. It's something that it's always been in my mind because of a very strange relationship in my head between it and my super ex-girlfriend. It's one that now I've seen both films as my modern self, mm. I can separate them in my head and I can appreciate what I could not appreciate back then. Yeah. It is a film that teaches us, and you might say that a lot of romantic comedies teach this, that you have to look past what your eyes show you. Yeah. You have to look into each other's hearts, each other being, you know, you and your lover, but it might also be other people because lovers are also people. Yeah. And people are what we have on this planet. And we live with nature. And as we've established in this episode, nature is big deal times two. Yeah. I I was just going to say big deal, but I want to emphasize it by doubling it. Double down? Doubling down. Neil Breen? Like a blackjack. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'll use mahjong terms and then we'll all be confused. (laughs) It's a dealer's yakuman. (laughs) And you got out by Ron. 
You know, you know what's really great. Mm-hmm. You you're not gonna confuse me with your mahjong terms. Uh, rec- recently, I've been wa- I watched a show Columbo. Mm. There's a whole episode in which is explained <laughs> mahjong. <laughs> so I'm pretty I'm pretty up to date on my mahjong terms. Like Richie did mahjong or what? I don't remember. That's how okay, good well, I am. Well, you've just disproven yourself then. Well, I'm sure I might prove myself later in our new podcast Mahjong Cast, in which we talk about all the types of different mahjong. I only know the one, the Japanese one. Well, Bartek, we'll have to see more. No. Do you, do you have to? Do you have a rating out of mahjong? I do have a rating, <laughs> and it's out of mahjong in the sense that it's away from mahjong. Yeah. I give this film a superhero girlfriend played by our lead <laughs> actress. Wow, it's so good. Because last week I gave a you know rating that was related to this film. So that's I had true. To, you did. Yeah, that's why I had to reverse it. You have to reverse it. So Nikki. Give us a, give us a little review and a rating of your choice. Well, this movie surprised me, but I actually actually really enjoyed it. I'm so I'm glad we got to come back around a second time, um, as you know, characters always get back together for a second time in romantic continuities. Oh yeah. Um, I think you know this movie kind of highlights the. It's the relationships that create life. It's like whether it be a cast that's creating a movie or how each relationship, although very different, brings us all together in the end. And so we can delight and joy and just enjoy life. Yes. And that is why I'm giving this film seven uh, Matthew McConaughey fist pumps out of four because he's not so normally he regularly does four. He only used it as four, but this one he did seven. That's lucky. Damn. That's lucky. Yeah. So Bartek has gathered some comments from the internet, from YouTube and IMDb, if I'm correct. Yes, but it was actually Dortek that did it. Oh, because he can. He's competent. Yeah. Unlike that lazy Bartek, right? Am Can't I right? Even pronounce- He's, he's, you know why they call him Bartek? Because he's always drinking at the bar. Well, I'm a technician. Though. And he's a tech guy. A really shitty one because he's drunk. Unlike door tech, who's really good at fixing door hinges. That's, but that's about it, though. That's only, and doorknobs. And gathering, and gathering YouTube. And well, that's the doorway guess, yeah. to culture. So let's get started on the YouTube comments. Hit us, baby, one more time. Ah, hit, like Blackjack. Or Marjol. Or Neil Breen. <laughs> Double down? No, hit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the first YouTube comment is... I'm sorry, but any... <laughs> well, you're laughing already? <laughs> because the way you I've got the visual of Bartek <laughs> cupping his hands and just saying... In a very stoic way, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not very stoic, but all right. I'm sorry, but let me proceed on with my... But it's the hands that make it stoic. Sorry, it's just, you're cupping them together. Now he's not cupping them. He's like, oh, I'm going to just hold my wrist. Go oh, on, I'll cup him, I'll cup him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but any woman comes up to me and says, I'm a professional motivator, I immediately think, hooker. I mean, what else is she willing to motivate? Nikki, is that true? You're a woman and you are a professional motivator. Does that mean you professionally motivate cocks? Oh, is that what the comment was relating to? Yeah, hookers. Oh. Oh, did you think think the AFL position or something? Is that an AFL position? A hooker, yeah. 
That's a football term. They hook the ball. I don't play AFL. I know it's me a term neither. they use. I haven't heard it. It is. All right. Trust me. All right. Yeah, I trust, trust you. That or the type that you smoke from. <laughs> a hooker. Oh, <laughs> there I see. <laughs> there we go. You got me hooker, line, and sinker. That was good. Thank you. That was really good. I, I liked the. I appreciate it. I like the another Tui more, but you know. Okay, go on, Bartek. The next YouTube comment is. Yeah, zoom in. <laughs> zoom. I just moved the. Yeah, but you moved it you closer guys. to you, so that's the physical of zooming mm. in. I guess I did move my head also. <clears throat> Parker is not a classic beauty, but she does have a ton of sex appeal. I'd be happy to go out with her as long as she was a nice person. And there's a response. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm feeling upset now. Uh, I know the response is going to be negative. Yeah, she does. I'd hit it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I know Terry wrote that one. <laughs> and I know that... um. The the initial commenter in a completely separate comment thread made a <laughs> comment about how much he liked her ass, so... <laughs> what a great guy! Yeah. Uh, next comment. <clears throat> oh, I zoomed down too far. Zoom up, man! Zoom in with your eyes! I didn't mean same zoom, I meant scroll. Anyway, the comment is, This movie happened to me. I <laughs> moved out at my late 30s because my father is allergic to horses and I wanted to buy one and have as a pet. What? What? Yeah, that, that happened in the movie. That, that was exactly what the movie was the about. The twist is the dad's not actually allergic to horses. He just said that so the son would move out. Yeah. Next comment. <laughs> what? I'm just imagining this guy going to a horse salesman being like, do you have any kind of horses that my dad isn't allergic to? And he's like, we got mules. I was like, no, I want a horse. <laughs> I guess I'll have to move out. <laughs> I'm a guy, and I kind of like this movie. I like chick flicks with Matthew McConaughey for some reason, haha. I've met a lot of other straight dudes that like his movies too, lol. Oh, dude, I got some real breaking news for you. I don't think they were straight dudes you were talking to, buddy. No. A few episodes ago, when I was doing YouTube comments, I ended on the last sentence of a Roger Ebert review. Yes, you did. And I felt like, you know, maybe that was a bit unfair, like it's out of context. And and a, when you read a review, you kind of have to take it in the three-act structure. There's a beginning, and the beginning really sets everything up. Yeah. So to apologize for that... The next comment is actually the first paragraph of the Roger Ebert review for this film. Oh, good. He gave it a one star out of four, so he didn't like it. What? What I, the hell, Roger? I Why know. do you do this? But look, look. Why did you do this to us, Roger? Did you not love love? Ten. But, you know, I, I just... Matthew McConaughey love love. Yeah. You know, shame on you, Sorry Roger, but, but just to be fair, you know... You are a respected reviewer, so I will read the first paragraph of your review for this just to show everyone that you are respectable and that you are always on topic. Okay. Uh, I'm ready, man. During the course of failure to launch, characters are bitten by a chipmunk, a dolphin, a lizard, and a mockingbird. I am thinking my hardest why this is considered funny, and I confess defeat. <laughs> Would the movie be twice as funny if the characters had also been bitten by a chihuahua, a naked mole rat, and a donkey. Yes. I was bitten by a donkey once. <laughs> 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 it 
It was during a visit to Stanley Kubrick's farm yes, outside London. Of course it was, buddy. Name drop much? I was the I was the guest of the gracious Christians. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Christine. Yep, Christine. Christine Christiane. I don't know. Christian Cristiano. I don't know, it's, it's his wife's name, Christiane Kubrick, who took me on a stroll and showed me the field where she cares for playground donkeys after their retirement. I rested my hand on the fence and the donkey bit me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop that, I said, and the donkey did. <laughs> if I had lost... It, it knew it who he was. Yeah. It knew who he <laughs> was. couldn't understand what he was saying. He said, whoa, it's Roger but I better not bite him. <laughs> if I had lost a finger, it would have been a great conclusion... A great consolation to explain that it had been bitten off by one of Mrs. Stanley Kubrick's retired donkeys. That would be great. Yeah. And so he gave it only one star, though. Weird. Yeah. That was, you know, he had like seven more paragraphs, but, you know, that was the beginning. That was the first <laughs> it one. It was weird because all of them were about the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and that donkey went on to make a film. That film was Failure to Launch, a film that I watched today. He did not bite me on the hand, literally, but metaphorically, the film bit my hand. Because I am the man who hit the film with a one-star review. Bad Roger. Like, that's the rest of his review. Yeah. And all I have left is an IMDb review. Hit us in the loincloth. This review is titled... The love interest has a wart on her chin. How dumb is that? <laughs> How dumb is that, Nikki? It is. How dumb is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a question. He's got the answer. It is from oh, the eighteenth of June, two thousand six. Oh, good. Fresh off the boat. It's probably around the time I saw the film. In fact, it and might have been uh, written by Bartlett. No, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Um, and it is a two out of ten review. Oh, okay. not much better. Yep. Better than Rogers. <laughs> yeah, this one's a one out of five. That was a one out of four. Wait, that's worse, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Naughty. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 5% worse. Naughty dog. I couldn't help but remember the scene from Uncle Buck where John Candy <laughs> gives the principal of the school some money so oh, she can go God. buy a rat to gnaw the wart off of her face. That's a great scene. Well, our leading lady could use a rat quick. Ugh. Well, I must say, she has a decent bod. Her face would look better wearing a pointy black hat with that hag's face. Sure, they could pound makeup on her and use soft camera filters, but still. She's a witch-faced hag at the end of the day, and it really blows the idea of Matthew Lady's man falling for or even pursuing her. Eck! Ick! Ugh! Give me a bath bag, please. <laughs> Since this is about as sexy as watching a romance between Roseanne Barr and Michael Jackson, I had to flip it off. <laughs> I just couldn't stand another frame of this film. It's so bad. The premise is okay, but they should have done better casting. The casting killed this film. Plot. A guy's parents set him up in an attempt to get him to move out of their house. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Bartek, for gathering the internet and its views. Nikki. That's the whole internet. That was all of it. Nikki, a pleasure to have you on as a guest. Hopefully, we'll have you appear in the future. I may raise from, rise from the dead again. And may She's happen. a zombie, guys. Yeah. 
What's with that? Uh, here's the answer. Um, Nikki died uh, many years ago watching Failure to Launch, and she laughed so hard she died. Yeah, Failure to Stay Dead, more like. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go again. Bartekt. Bartekt. Can't even speak Polish. Bartekt. <laughs> That's exactly what Italian sounds like. How weird. Bartekt. <laughs> um, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. You can listen to us on many different platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean and iTunes, and iHeartRadio, and a bunch of others. A Spanish streaming site for some reason. Don't know why, but yeah. thank you, Spain. Um, we have an email address. We have an email address, which is spit and polished at gmail.com mm-hmm. and send us an image send us an image you can give us whatever you want i don't know death threats maybe uh <laughs> i'd love to read that on the show you can have them. you motherfuckers said sarah jessica parker was good in edward i counter that with the fact that vincent d'onofrio was good in that movie as orson wells and his voice was done by maurice lamage so there you go. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. Nice attempt at bartecting us. Bartecting us, and you know, we might get a, you know, an email from Nikki saying, guys, should I give you guys a review on iTunes to be cool? And I'm like, yeah, you can, Nikki. You should all do that. It's really great. We have a YouTube as well. We're on Facebook and the Twitter, and um, yeah, that's pretty much all the. The promotional things, isn't it, Bartek? I mean, we'll be uh, next month, October. We're getting closer and closer to October. We're going to be doing our annual spooky month in which we cover all the films of a darker nature. Horror, supernatural, erotic. And skin color. And skin color, I guess, too. (laughs) Uh, And thrilling. So you guys will hopefully be looking forward to that. We'll be back with our next episode whenever it comes out. Hopefully next week. Yeah, hopefully Tuesday. Hopefully Tuesday. Um, Until next time, remember to be kind to each other. I've got something really big planned for this, you know, post. See you next time, guys. Okay. Nothing. You got Bartek. Oh. Oh.